Yo, what's going on, Rock Family? This is Pastor Corey here. I hope that you are being safe at home, enjoying the time at home and getting some rest, hopefully. I just want to share this word with you today just for a few moments, and I hope to see you all again next week for our in-person services next Sunday at 10 a.m., all right? And so let's go ahead, get your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 9, Matthew chapter number 9, verse 35 through 38. It says this, Jesus traveled through all the towns and villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. And the Bible also says this in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. As long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and winter, cold and heat rather, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. And today I want to use for a topic or a title rather, clock in, it's time to work. Clock in, it's time to work. Father, we thank you for this time in your word. Please bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. As we've been talking over the last few weeks about harvest, we've dealt with different aspects of harvest. Last week, we dealt heavily with the anatomy of a seed and what a seed actually is and what a seed actually does. A seed being an instrument of overflow, a seed being an instrument full of destiny, full of the future. A seed is an instrument that goes into the future for to meet you in the future with a harvest of what you have sown. And as I begin to think further about harvest, I begin to understand too that one of the greatest harvests that there is, is a harvest of those who are not in relationship with Jesus Christ. A harvest of those who do not know the Lord. And we see this in Matthew chapter number nine, where Jesus goes about healing people, teaching the good news, spreading the gospel, raising people from the dead, doing all of these great things. And the Bible says that Jesus begins to look around and begins to get an honest evaluation of the people that are around in his generation. As he is preaching, as he is going about with his disciples, he begins to now get an honest look and say, let's begin to examine the hearts and the true condition of the people in our community. And this is what he says. And he says this. He says, the harvest is great. He says the harvest is great. After doing all of the healing, after doing all of the deliverance, after preaching the good news to all these people, he brings his disciples in. He says, guys, I want you to see something that there are a lot of people out here right now who are lacking in their life. There are a lot of people around us who are lacking and in need of a savior. There are a lot of people around who are, and he, he describes them as confused, helpless, and hopeless. Wandering around aimlessly without a guide, wandering around aimlessly without hope and without a future, without any type of direction. He pulls his disciples in and he's like, man, begin to look at the world around you. He said, begin to look at the condition of the people that are around you. Begin to look at the condition of your family. Begin to look at the condition of your friend. Begin to look at the condition of our neighborhoods. And he says, begin to see that there are a lot of people who are hopeless and helpless. He said, the harvest is great, 
The harvest of those who don't know Christ is great. The harvest of those who don't know God is great. And as we begin, as we begin to look at our own lives and our own communities and our own cities, especially even over these last few years, as we looked at the, the, the various killings unjust, as we looked at the various arguing, fighting, divisions, storming of the capitals, chaos, this and that, political upheaval, all of this, it's like, look around. Look around and see that there are those, so many of those who do not have hope or who have placed their hope in who the president is going to be or who have placed their hope in who the next uh, 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 grassroots activist is going to be. He says many of many people have placed their hopes in the wrong place and that has left them hopeless. And I want to know, have you placed your hope in the right place? Have you placed your hope in the wrong thing? Have you placed your have you have you have you placed your bets on Christ or on something of this world? Because he's saying that, hey, guys, if you begin to look around, there are so many who are hurting, broken, defeated and faithless and at the edge of their ropes. Now, this is the thing is that if you look at their Instagram feed, you might not think if you look at what they post on Facebook, you might not see that. If you look at the videos they make on TikTok, if you look at their Snapchat, what they're talking about on Twitter, you might not necessarily think that. If you look at the car they drive, man, they got a nice BMW or Benz or some type of, you know, you might not think. If you visit their house and, oh, man, it's six bedrooms, it's 4,500 square feet, it's five bathrooms, it's, man, it's decorated immaculately, it's clean, you might not think that. When they come to church dressed nice and, and you know, you see them on Sunday, you might not think that they're hopeless or helpless. But he says what Jesus is looking at, he's not looking at just the outward. Remember, he always is looking at the heart of a people. And he says that when we begin to examine the hearts of the people, when we begin to see with spiritual eyes the condition, we will see that, oh man, this harvest is great. This harvest is great with those who are confused and helpless. And people don't always show that. But when the lights go out at night, helpless. When the show is over, Helpless when the when they stop posting on 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 social media, many are found hopeless, helpless, and confused. And he says that there are many who are placing their hopes in what their crystals can do. They're placing their hope in what the universe can do. They're placing their hope in other gods or even in their own intellect. But he's saying that this harvest is great because many have placed their hope in other things. But he says that there is hope that can be found in Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 15, verse 13, it says that I pray that God, who is the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. He said that people now people, a lot of people find themselves hopeless because they have not found the source of hope that is in Christ Jesus. They have not found the source of true peace and joy that is in Christ Jesus. And Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's saying, hey, guys, look around you. The harvest is great. And I want to ask you, look around you. How many people do you know that are without hope? How many people do you know that need help? How many people do you know that need freedom? And he says this. He says, not only is the harvest great, but then he says this. He says, this is the day he said, but the workers are few. He said, but the workers are few. Are few. There is a lack of those who are willing to move into the harvest to reach those that are lost. He says there is a lack of those who are willing to move into the harvest. 
to lay hands on the sick, to lay hands on the dead, to lay hands on those who got COVID, to lay hands on those who need. He said there is a lack of those who are willing to do the work. Now, this is the thing. We have a lot of church goers, but do we have a lot of workers? We have a lot of people singing on our worship teams, but do we have a lot of workers? We have a lot of casual Sunday Christians, but do we have a lot of workers? We have a lot of those who are comfortable, who want church to be their way. And, and I, I got to have my seat and y'all got to sing my songs. And he, he says, and if they don't do it this way, they don't have all the amenities of this or that. He said, oh, now I'm not coming back because you don't have this and that. And I don't know. He said, we got a lot of people who want to be church consumers who want to be Christian consumers, but he says, are you coming to work? Or are you coming to consume? And he tells us, he says, the workers are few. We have a lot of people around. We have a lot of people, but do we have a lot of workers? We have a lot of programs, but do we have a lot of workers? We have a lot of concerts and things, but do we have a lot of workers? We have a lot of talk, but do we have a lot of workers? And this is the thing. But he says this. He says the workers are few. So there are some that are working. There are some that are doing it. There are some that are reaching out. But this is the thing. It's going to take more than a few to reach the city of Raleigh. It's going to take more than a few to reach the research triangle, the city of Durham and Chapel Hill. It's going to take more than just a few. It's going to take more than just a few people. It's going to take more than just a few churches. A few churches can't do all of the outreach that's in the city. A few churches can't can lead everyone to Christ and go into every neighborhood. It's going to take more than just a few. It's going to take all of us. And, and remember this. We talk about the workers. But if you remember who he's talking to, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And he's taking a condition. He's taking a look at the condition of those who are in Israel at this time. And I want you to remember that during this time, most of these people, they were all Jewish people. They had religious leaders. They had Pharisees and Sadducees who were the religious authorities of that time. They had rabbis and teachers. They had infrastructure. They had the synagogues. There were people that were going. They were making sacrifices. They were doing the religious things. So Jesus didn't say you didn't have religious leaders. He didn't say, oh, there's no religious leaders around. He said that he said that these people are like sheep without a shepherd that is around. He said they're without those. And remember, a shepherd truly cares for the people. The Bible says that they, a, a hireling will run when a wolf comes to the sheep, but a shepherd will stay there, will fight, will lay down his life for the sheep. And so he said he didn't say you didn't have a lot of religious leaders around, a lot of people preaching at you. But he says that he says that there are a lack of those who are workers and a lack of those who are willing to be true shepherds. And I begin to think about the religious structures of our day. And I think about this as a pastor. I say, Pastor Corey, are you are you doing a lot of church services, but are you not doing the work? Are you taking a lot of pictures and posting on social media, but are you lacking in the work? Are, 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 are we doing a lot of this and that and coming together and, and a lot of religious talk? But are we doing the work? The harvest that we really want to see is going to require work. The harvest that we truly want to see is going to require true work. The harvest that we really want to see is going to require us getting our hands dirty. The, the true harvest that we really want to see is going to require us laying down our lives to do the work. Because he said there are so many who are without a shepherd. There are so many 
who are without hope. There are so many who are without and there are so few who are willing to go and lay their hands on somebody. There are so few who are willing to go and labor with somebody. There are so few who are willing to go and put their hands in the mud and do the work. And so he said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And he gives us some instruction. He says this, he says, now this is the thing I want you to do. Instead of doing more talking, the first thing I want you to do, he says this, he says, verse 38 of Matthew 9, he says, so pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the field. Pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. The first thing he tells is, remember, he's talking to his disciples. The first thing he tells his disciples to do, he says, now go pray. He says, when you see a shortage of workers, when you see a shortage of those reaching out, when you see a shortage of those doing the work and reaching the law, he said, go pray first. And this is so timely considering that we're starting our fast on Monday for the next two weeks. We're going to be fasting and praying. This is so timely for us because as we are seeking God, as we are getting on one accord with what God is wanting to do in this next season of our lives, in this next season of the ministry, in your life, in my life, he said, I want you to go and pray to the Lord who is sovereign over the harvest. As you are seeking him, pray to him so that he will send more workers. And this is so key because remember in, in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, he says that if my people, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, he says, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins and I will restore or I will heal their Land. He says, that, and I thought about this when there is a, I want you to hear this. When there is a lack in the land, when there is a lack in the land, it is the calling of God's people to contend for the land. And see, the thing is, we like to say, oh, well, we need a new mayor. We need the governor needs to do this. And the president needs to do this. And da, da, da. But, but the Bible says, when there is a lack in the land, he says, I'm actually looking to my people to contend for the land. My God, y'all better hear that. When there was a lack in the land, I want my people to go to pray. I want my people to go to fast. I want my people to, 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 to do away with the wickedness that is within their hearts. And he says, I want my people to seek my face and I will begin to send the workers. I will begin to heal the land. I will begin to stretch out my hand on that land and extend my sovereignty and extend my grace and extend my goodness. But it is the work of my people. And this is the thing we miss. We miss the responsibility of God's people. We like to place it on someone who is not does not even know God. We like to place it on someone who is a sinner, who is not even in relationship with Jesus Christ. But he said that the land, my, I remember, go back to Genesis chapter one. He says, I've given you dominion over the land. I've given you dominion over the earth. He says that when you step into relationship with Christ, you have to step back into that, into that divine responsibility for the land. It's not in the responsibility. It's not the responsibility of the animals to govern the land. It's not the responsibility of those with no authority. It is the responsibility of those who have been given God authority in Christ to now contend for the land that is lacking. And so when we see a lack of workers, when we see a lack of economy, when we see a lack of infrastructure, when we see a lack of governmental functionality, it is the responsibility of God's people to now go and contend for the land that I have given you authority over. 
And he says this, when you see a lack in the harvest, when you see a lack of workers in the harvest, he says, now go and contend and seek the Lord who is sovereign over the harvest to send more workers. And when I send those workers, he says, when he sends us as workers, and I'm going to let you go. He says, go and work as Christ does work. Go and work like Christ in the land because Jesus he gave us the blueprint for what a worker is. Ah, let's go back to the beginning. He says that Jesus in verse 35, Jesus was traveling throughout all the, of the land. He was teaching in the synagogues. He was preaching the good news of the kingdom. He was healing the sick. He was raising the dead. He was laying hands on those with infirmities. He gave us the blueprint for what a worker truly is. He gave us the blueprint for what it means to be a worker, preach the good news, proclaim the gospel to those who are lost, heal the sick because there is a heart. There is a harvest that is ready to be received if we would get to work. I want to encourage you today to clock in. It's time to work. The harvest is full. Begin to look around you. Begin to look around at your families. Begin to look around at your friends. Begin to look around in your neighborhoods. And see that there are so many that are without hope. There are so many that, that are without answers. There are so many that are facing obstacles that they have no idea how they're going to overcome. Their only option is to go back to, 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 to the old life. Their only option is to go back to something that is no good for them. But I want you to now take the mindset of a worker and say, God, your harvest is plentiful. Your harvest is there. But God, send us as workers. And God, we pray that you would mobilize even more of us to do the work of reaching this community, reaching those who are lost, working in our ministries, working in laying hands on those who are sick and leading those to Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you today to clock in. I want to encourage you to get to work because there is work to be done and there is a harvest to be received. I pray you all receive that word today. I pray that it mobilizes you, that it hits you in your home, that it hits you in your hearts. And I pray that you will gather with us again next Sunday at 10 a.m. for our in-person services. As always, if this word blessed you and if you're part of this ministry, you can always give. You can always sow a financial seed and partner with us at our website, which is www.rockrally.com. Thank you so much for your giving. Thank you so much for partnering with us. I pray to see you all again. I pray to see you all this Saturday. We're doing volunteer work in the community uh, this Saturday, January 22nd at With Love From Jesus. So I want you to sign up. I want you to be there. I want to see you there this Saturday, all right? So with that, Rock family, thank you so much for tuning in with me. Enjoy your day. Get some rest today. Enjoy this Sunday. And I'll see you all again next weekend, all right? See y'all. Be blessed. Peace.